You're listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. I'll be your tale teller, JC. This week's tale is part two of the creation of Levian. And dear listener, if you'd like me to tell your tale, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Her leg dangled uselessly. She channeled everything she had, but there was not even a twitch. Her mind went into overdrive. Move! Move! She said to herself. A shot from the explosion had made her leg its new home. She had to maneuver to the extraction point. The bonds she had formed with the others were strong, but the mission always came first. If they stayed longer than they needed to for her, not only could it compromise the mission, but the others risked getting captured. Regardless of whether they were imprisoned by the enemy or managed to return to their base, their lives would certainly not be guaranteed if they were late. Their mission was to sneak into the various bases the Galeans had on the eastern part of the continent. They were to find the armory and set it ablaze. They were to leave no traces of them there, but a few pieces of clothing from the Ferdinite armor were to be spread across the site to shift the Galeans' attention towards them. To the luck of the Starians, the Galeans built their bases not too far from each other for quick mobilization. The small crew was able to use that to their advantage. In Grad's hiding spot beneath some branches, she could spot black smoke rising from the distance. From how thick the smoke was rising, the others must have completed their task and were probably at or heading to the extraction point. They were instructed to meet a few miles away from the bases. They were to return before the moon was at its brightest. Grad heard a pair of footsteps around her. She peered behind the tree. The Galeans were scrambling about trying to put out the fire. There was a new arrival of Galeans that were using a few water-based spells in an attempt to quell the flames. She may have incorrectly judged the fuse time, which resulted in her injury, but her explosion was exactly what it needed to be, if not a bit more. The fire was out of control, spreading fast amongst the trees. Grad hit her leg. She was still not able to feel or move it. She took a deep breath and grabbed a few pieces of wood around her. She tore a piece off her shirt, and with the wood, she formed a brace for her leg. It did not change much, but when she rose, it was more manageable than a wild loose leg. Grad prepared herself for her escape. Sneaking into the base cost her more spells than she anticipated. She knew she could only cast one more spell before she was drained. She turned back to get one more glimpse of her work. By the burning armory was a striped furred female tabaxi throwing buckets of water into the flame. That halted Grad. She felt different. It was not her leg. She was almost drawn to the tabaxi. She used her precious time to observe the individual. From her movements, how she carried herself, and the bits of shouting Grad could hear over all the commotion assured her that it was her elder sister. Her instructions, the mission, it all felt distant in that moment. Right in front of her was the family she fought to keep safe. She was about to waddle her way into the open when the threats of the commander reverberated in her mind. Little Tabaxi, we have eyes, ears, and weapons everywhere. Be wise in your choices, for your life and those you hold dear rest in your hands. Another voice in her head suggested he might be lying. She could not process how the Star Society would have spies that could harm her family from the Gale tribe, but she had learned not to underestimate her commander. That man always had another card to play when all seemed lost. She swallowed her emotions and braced herself for a tough journey to the extraction point. 
she used her last spell to cast the mention door towards the point. It got her far enough that she no longer need to worry about alerting the Galeans. She was pleased, she could now yell and groan in peace. She looked up at the moon. Grad could not tell if it was at its brightest. Interpreting nature, or the environment, was not a skill she mastered, and she ignored listening to the commander describe what to look for. It never crossed her mind that she would be in a situation where she would have to judge it on a time crunch. After about ten minutes of a one-and-a-half-legged jog, she stumbled past some bushes to the extraction point. Grad was relieved to see Lily, Levian, and Hyvadar still there. Thank the gods, she exclaimed. Where's Brutic? Brutic was on another mission, brother. She'll find her way back on her own, said Hyvadar. Hurry up, the circle is activating. Levian and Lily rushed towards Grad. They put her arm around their necks and pulled her towards the teleportation circle. Hurry up, Hyvadar yelled. I'm anchoring it, brothers, but I can feel it activating. The ground around Hyvadar glowed. The etchings of the teleportation spell encircled him in the center. The glowing shifted into a dark blue hue. The gang knew that meant the spell was seconds away from beaming Hyvadar away. The Dragonborn and Grad were still 20 feet away. Lily and Levian pulled Grad in and used the remainder of their strength to misty step into the circle. The quick casting of the spell caused the group to land face first on the ground before being blinded by a dark blue light. When they rose from the ground, they were pleased to find themselves in their old training yard. There were servants around the circle waiting for their arrival. Standing in front of the servants was their commanding officer, Laslin. Attend to their needs, he said to the help. Soldiers, I'll be visiting you shortly to hear your full report. A few of the servants took Grad from the Dragonborn and took her to the infirmary. Hyvidar looked exhausted. Being a one-man anchor for a spell that required three mages of their level, after the mission, left him drained. He stood there, not moving, but breathing hard. You did great, Hyvadar. Thanks, said Levian. Anytime, brothers. I do wish I could still move, though. Upon hearing that, a small group of servants brought a stretcher. They carefully laid Hyvadar down and presumably carried him to his room. The commander turned around and headed back to base. Lily and Levian were left in the courtyard with a few servants. They looked at them expectantly. We good, said Lily. We can make it back to our rooms. The servants did not look convinced. Promise, she said. They shuffled back to doing their duties. The twins were not lying about making it back to their quarters. It did take them an unsurprisingly long time for what they've been through. If the wall was not there for support, they don't think they would have made it back. When they reached their door, they noticed a figure was there waiting for them. Next time, ask the hell for assistance. I never want to wait another 45 minutes for a report. Apologies, Apologies Commander. Lastlin opened their door for them. He entered their room and sat at their desk. Hurry up. I don't have all night. It took the twins about five minutes to enter their room and to sit on the other chair. The commander grew more impatient by the minute. For report, he said. The Dragonborn told them how their mission went. They took turns explaining the different parts. Lily started off by describing how they successfully infiltrated the west-eastern base of the Galeans. They were able to sneak around the guards and set the explosives. She explained how on the escape, when they were attempting to find a suitable location to safeguard the Fertonite badge from the explosion, they were caught by a Galean. Did you take care of it? 
the commander interjected. Yes, commander. We laid them to rest. Permanently, Levian continued. He told him how the noise they made while battling the Galane attracted others to the commotion. It took a few more spells than they had planned, but they were able to confirm that no one had seen them was alive to talk about it. Levian reassured the commander that all their outfits for the mission did not have the insignia of the Star Society. He waved that comment aside, asking again if any alive could identify them. The twins reassured him and finished their report. They told him how after killing the last Galane that had spotted them, they transformed into one of the officers they had killed and ran out as more guards came to see the source of the noise. Levian was able to convince them that a small group of star assassins had come to poison their stock and they needed help in the basement to contain them. The twins gathered as many soldiers as they could and sent them to the basement of the armory. Once there was a portion of the guards there, they moved some barrels in front of the exit. The dragonborn ran as quickly as they could to get away from the base. On the way out, they yelled at other Galeans to go help the ones in the armory. Knowing when the explosion would go off, they had to use Misty Step a handful of times to get far away to not suffer any major harm. They finished the report with how they rushed to the extraction point and how they helped Grad make it to the circle in time. The commander looked extremely pleased. You have completed the mission successfully. I remind you that it comes fast. If your teammate hinders you from completing it, remember, see to it that they don't. The twins nodded. The commander got up and left. The two proceeded to their bed and fell asleep. They were spent, and pushing themselves for grad would affect them for the next day or two, but neither of them regretted it. The troop was granted a week to recover. They had the luxury of not needing to attend daily training. When they could, they would check up on each other's conditions. Grad was incapable of communication for the first few days, but when the Dragobol received word of her waking, they did not waste any time getting to her side. Lily and Levian were met by Hyvedar on the way there. The three entered a room to a weak grad, but she looked much better than when she arrived. The healers at their base were quite skilled. They sat down around her bed and sent the help away. Each took turns telling their side of the mission. All in the room were shocked at the discovery of Grad's family member being alive. At first, Hyvedar questioned her. He insisted that she might have been confusing her with someone else. They knew the strength the Sar Society possessed, and he believed that they had the means to decimate their loved ones. That visibly angered Grad. She asked Hyvedar if he would not recognize someone he had cared for with all he had. She admitted that he would, and apologized. The group of friends started to question what else the society might be lying to them about. Havidar's demeanor changed. His expression looked distant and lonely. He asked Lily and Levian if they had anyone they wanted to protect. The Dragonborn sighed and reiterated their life before being forced to serve the society. They said they only had each other before meeting the rest of the troop. They saw him, Grad, and Brutic as family now. Levian confessed how they wanted to stop the war of the tribes so they could live a life that they all could enjoy. The other three agreed. They made a pact to be more cognizant of their missions and the lies the society told them. They agreed to do more research in their personal time to discover more of what the society was planning. Once Brutic arrived, they planned to inform her. Unfortunately, she returned a week after the other three had recovered. It was about a month after that mission, the five finally got the chance to reunite. The four told Brutic what they had discussed during the recovery period 
and the new information they had uncovered since then. Hyvedar learned his uncle and cousin safely escaped far from the carnage of the war. Grad confirmed the woman she had spotted had been her sister, alive, well, and flourishing in the Galean army. She told them how her father was murdered in a Star Society raid a few years ago, but her mother was alright. She was excited to reveal that she had a baby brother she had yet to meet. Brutik was apprehensive at first, but she agreed to help them find out more about the society. She told them she left nothing behind when she was captured, but she would do all she could to help them. When they asked her about her extended mission, she told them that it was difficult to talk about. She said she was forced to do things that she was ashamed of. They consoled her as Brutik started to cry. Grad gave her a hug and told her it was alright, but Brutik told her she knows she might have to do those things again. The group tried to reassure her that they would not have to listen to the Starians much longer. Grad admitted to the group that she believed she was on the verge of discovering something that could set them free forever. When she was going into detail, Brutik stood up. She told them that she had just received a new mission. She said she believed that this one should not take too long and asked Grad to save it for their next meeting. Grad promised and Brutik left. Always one to keep her promises, Grad dismissed the other three. They each returned to their quarters for rest. For dinner that night, they planned to meet in the dining room. If they were not on missions, the group would often enjoy each other's company during supper. Lily, Levian, and Hyvedar were surprised when Brutik showed up. Grad was nowhere to be seen. Brutik told them after her quick mission, she was sent to retrieve Grad for a mission of her own. She noted from what Laslin told her, Grad's new mission could be quick or it could take some time. It wholly depended on her. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to submit your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. And if you could, please share this with all your friends and family across the multiplanes. Again, thanks for listening, and you'll hear me again in a fortnight.